0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
1: Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. We are talking Royals with Jeffrey Flanagan uh, on the eve of pitchers and catchers reporting. Jeffrey's headed off to Surprise Arizona this week. And the defending champions actually have, uh, you know, some actual position battles, which is always fun. Uh, Especially if you're Jeffrey and you're spending six or seven weeks uh, in Arizona covering this stuff, you like to have some earnest position battles. So let's talk about the biggest one, Jeffrey, uh, right off the gate here. uh, Second base, Omar Infante versus Christian Colon. I I guess you know there there was a time in the not too distant past when money very much would have dictated this decision for the Royals, but uh, to their credit, they're making it a baseball decision. How's this one shaping up?
2: Yeah, it, uh, it is kind of surprising, you know. They, they still owe Omar a 17.75 million, and it's hard to imagine a guy like that sitting on their bench. You know, that's something the big market teams might do. But Dayton's made it pretty clear that the best man will win. So that's really the. We haven't had a real position battle uh, for many years uh, going into camp like this. So it's, it should be pretty interesting. Um, Cologne, of course, was uh, one of the heroes of Game Five of the World Series, drove in the the winning run, and. Uh this is his chance uh, to grab a starting spot. Omar's coming back, he's healthy. Uh he had some bone chips removed in November. Uh the shoulder feels good, the elbow feels good, his oblique obviously is is fully healed. Uh so it
1: should be a pretty interesting battle. Yeah, Cologne's an interesting guy. Uh we we made the point during the World Series he was drafted just ahead of Matt Harvey and uh anchor, so sale. There that, anchor sale, that's right. Um, and, and of course as you, as you said drives in that, that winning run in game five uh, but you know he's almost 27 years old he's only had 163 plate appearances in the big league uh, in that time nice batting average nice on base percentage not much power uh, obviously he's been a part-time player how much potential do you think is in there uh you know how much of what we saw in, in game five that, that one shining moment how much of that is a window into into maybe uh, you know future things for Col i mean he's 27 years old he's not young and not old. He's kind of in the, in between. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, uh, you know, I've written this, book, you know, several times in the past.
2: He actually kind of projects out to be the exact same type of hitter that Omar is. Uh, you know, with a good season, he probably hit 270 or so, and maybe six to ten home runs. And guess what? That's who Omar has been his entire career. Uh, yeah. Omar is a is a much better defender. I still think Omar, you know, turns the double play maybe as good as anybody in the league outside of Robinson Cano. Um, and Omar, uh, you know, he's getting up there in age, too. I think he's 32, 33, and, and might be losing a little bit of range. But uh, Christian, you know, is a solid defender. He's just not very flashy. Um, but, you know, they're looking for offense here. And, and after Omar had that horrible season last year where he. You know, had uh, a 5.52 OPS, so they just can't live with that anymore. And and I think I think giving a, given a full year, Christian could probably top that pretty easily. But uh, uh, we'll see what happens in spring. You know, uh, you know, spring numbers, uh, as you know, especially in Arizona, can be pretty deceiving with with the rock hard infield and the ball carrying the way it does. But uh, uh, the staff will uh, have their work cut out for them to to make the right decision there.
1: How are things looking for the back end of the rotation? Uh, you know, obviously, it's, it's a big spring for Danny Duffy. Uh, and yeah. You mentioned before, Dylan G is a guy of interest. Uh, who They acquired who, you know, potential piece there. What's, uh, what was that battle shaping up to be?
2: Yeah, you've got you know, Chris Medlin coming off. Uh, this will be his second year now coming off of Tommy John surgery, so you figure he's going to be stronger uh, and healthier. Um, you've got Danny Duffy, of course. I think they deep down would really like to have a lefty in the bullpen. I mean, in the rotation. But if it, if it, it turns up that he's in the bullpen, that just adds another power arm down there. Uh, you have got Chris Young, who Dave Morris called you know called last year the MVP of the staff because of his versatility, uh, going back and forth from the rotation to the bullpen. Uh, you mentioned Bill and G. He's another candidate that uh, they're very curious about. He's just you know two or three years removed from from 199 inning season, and that's what they want. They want someone who can gobble up some innings. So I'm interested in to, to see what he brings to the table. Uh, and then you might have some wild cards too. You might be a, maybe Kyle Zimmer just, you know, breaks out and has a terrific spring and he forces their hand. So, uh, that's going to be another interesting, uh, competition, uh, in
1: surprise. Yeah, definitely. And then I would imagine that, that, uh, position battle feeds into the bullpen battle. When you look at the bullpen, uh, Wade Davis, Joaquin Soria, Kelvin Herrera, uh, Luke Cochabre, Cochabre. Are Probably the only probably the only, uh, obvious locks, I would think, right?
2: Absolutely, and, and, and it'll come down to, you know, do they carry seven guys in the bullpen? Do they carry eight? Um, whoever loses the battle for those final two spots in the rotation, uh, all those guys can probably pretty easily transition into the bullpen. Uh, you know, you mentioned we mentioned the Chris and Cologne, uh, because he can play second, short, and third. You know, it gives him opportunity to maybe only carry one backup uh, infielder, and. You know, you'll have an extra roster spot. You could go with an extra outfielder. You could go with an extra relief pitcher. So uh, it gives them that kind of versatility. But, uh, uh, yeah, we'll have some
1: interesting battles for, for the bullpen, too. I'm trying to remember. They go with seven or eight coming out of uh, spring training last year. I know eight. Oh, you had to ask me that. I, I, I was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think they went with seven. I, I I'm not. You don't. Don't yeah. hold me to that. But, you know, because early in the season, you have so many off days. Um, right. right out of the gate the Royals have, I think, three the first week. So you don't really need to carry that many uh, uh, extra extra relievers. But, uh, you know, maybe somebody, you know, forces their hand. You, uh, you look at a guy like Brian Flynn, who had a terrific spring last year, left-hander tall, uh, can reach 95, 96 on the gun. Uh, he spent all of last year hurt with a lat injury. He's coming back healthy. Um, you know, I would expect him to, to, you know, have a good camp and and possibly make the team uh, in the bullpen, too. So you got guys like that that they have to keep their eye on.
1: You mentioned Zimmer, uh, and on a position player side, not for opening day, but is Bubba Starling an interesting figure in this camp, just uh, as far as his progression and and potentially nearing readiness to to hit at the big league level?
2: Yeah, I got a chance really to see him last year for the first time, you know, up close, and uh, I think he struck out his first seven or eight times uh, in spring training, and and then he kind of calmed down, settled down, and and had a decent spring. And uh, you know he's a guy that that's probably slated to start out at Double A, and uh, if he does well again there, uh, with a quick promotion to Triple A, and uh, Dayton and, and Ned have both said many times they'd love for a guy like that to force their hand uh, in the second half of the year and, and, and force a call up. But uh, uh, in terms of spring training, uh, just. You know, have him play with the big leaguers and get some more
1: experience that way. So, Jeffrey, just on a personal level, how different is spring training for you as far as, uh, your role, your job as a beat writer? And, uh, I mean, it's always been more of a laid back atmosphere. So I'd imagine it's uh, a great opportunity to get to know these guys much more personally and, uh, and obviously a much different schedule as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot more laid back. Uh, you know, we get to know, you know, as beat writers, you get to know these guys as, almost as well as your own family, because you're with them more than your own family. So uh, it'll be, I'm kind of curious this year, you know, last year they kind of came into camp with a chip on their shoulder, having, you know, lost Game 7 of the World Series the previous year, and um, they really, you know, were not happy about that. They weren't just satisfied that they got there, and you could see that energy in, in, in their eyes and in their body movements uh, last, last spring, and you know, this year now they come back and they really don't have anything to prove. They've already, you know, they're world champs. So, uh, and they're going to all say the right things that hey, we want to be a team that, you know, kind of establishes a dynasty here and, you know, wins back to back world series for the first time. How long has it been? Uh, 10 years, something like that. So, you know, lasting bit? So, you know, I'm just going to be curious to see what their, their energy level is going to be like this year compared to last.
1: Well, they just got kind of to look at those. Fangraphs projections and, uh, <laughs> or Pocota I mean, they still have that working for them, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, what is, what was it,
2: 76 this year? So, hey, they're moving up.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll keep them out of the top spot of my personal power rankings if that will help, you know, I'll do what I can to, to cause, <laughs> but, um, and life and surprise. What's life like in surprise for the people who don't know? It's pretty secluded, is it not? Yeah, it's, it's, you know,
2: tucked away in the northwest part of, of,
1: of the Phoenix area. And, uh,
2: if you don't like baseball, I'm not sure why you would really go there. Um, you know, there's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. it it's, you know, the weather's great. Uh, you know, traffic actually in surprise is not horrible. Uh, it's just that once you try to get to a neighboring suburb, it gets kind of hairy. But, um, you know, it's, it's very quiet, you know, what you'd expect from a, from a Phoenix suburb that far away from Phoenix, so uh, it's fine. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, degrade it at all. It, uh,
1: uh, happy to be there, let me put it that way. I think the number one recreational activity and surprise, and funny <laughs> to be on the City of Surprise's uh, Chamber of Commerce website, is having a beer with T.R. Sullivan, our ranger's rider. I think that's the, uh,
2: <laughs> the uh, main
1: tourist attraction to Surprise. Yeah, right
2: I think we start that immediately tomorrow night uh, before I even get unpacked.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Uh, I want to thank Jeffrey Flanagan for joining us, and he will have all the reports from Royals camp straight out of surprise. Be sure to check that out. Thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition.